Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A. On Oilers Radio, 6.30 Chad. everybody, Bob Stauffer joining you from the Valley of the Sun, Arizona, the Edmonton Oilers, and the Coyotes, where our next guest coming up actually played for a short while. Big story, uh, it's two front. Number one, no Mike Smith for this two-game road trip back-to-back, Edmonton against Arizona and Vegas. Miko Koskinen starts tonight. And number two, Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl will be split up. We all thought this was going to happen, that the plan was at home, McDavid and Dreisaitl play together on the road. They get split up, so Hyman will be with McDavid and Pugliarvi, who's had a great start to the season, and uh, Dreisaitl back with Nugent Hopkins and Yamamoto. That line killed it in the back half of the 1920 season. Oilers Now is brought to you by Digitex. Digitex.ca is Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. We are going to go to our headliner today for Wilhawk Beef Jerky, even though he's a vegetarian. It just might be the best you've ever tasted. Search for Wilhawk, W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. Uh, he's an Edmonton sporting icon on the River Cree Resort Casino hotline. River Cree Resort Casino excitement. Bet on it. An icon in Edmonton. I don't know what kind of memory they have of him in Arizona, uh, but currently Montreal-based media personality. We welcome back George LaRock. George, how you doing? Very good, Bob. How's everything on your side? Well, I'm traveling on the road again, George, uh, doing a show over my phone, so it's not bad. Uh, I remember when you signed in Arizona, and then you ended up being able to pick and choose between Pittsburgh and Calgary when Arizona was decided, hey, we're going a different direction. How different was it? Is there any way you can explain to our listeners just how incredibly different it was going from playing in Edmonton where you were, you know, beloved by the fans and everybody knew who you were to going to play in Arizona in the Valley of the Sun? Well, you know, the big difference, there's a couple of things. First of all, when you play for a Canadian team, you know the attention to hockey is much better. The crowd, uh, when you play in a hockey environment, people love hockey. They're hard on you. They want you to win. Uh, it's an environment that is unreal that we all love. Well, not all, because some guys don't like that. But, you know, when you're born in Canada and you watch hockey, hockey is our national sport, and it was awesome. In Edmonton, people painting their face, all these cream in the Rexall. We were the, 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 we had the loudest barn in the league. And then, uh, you know, the way the noise was, it, because of the way it was built, it was unreal. And when I went to Arizona, the thing is, is that uh, the way the, where the rink was in Glendale, not many people like to go there because it's too far away from Scottsdale. There's only one way to go there. There's so much traffic. It took forever to get there. And people didn't like that. The team was bad. So I think we're pretty much out of the playoff in, like, December. So... You know, in Edmonton, when I was there all these years, if we even though we were a small market team and, you know, we had to compete against teams that are spending a lot of money, we were always right there. If we didn't make the playoffs, which didn't happen quite often, we were really close of not making it. So that means that from the beginning of the season till the end, we're always in a fight for battle to making it. 
But in Arizona, we were so out. And you know what was crazy? We were out of the playoff months before the season was done. And it was like a country club atmosphere. You're not winning, and it's a country club atmosphere, and I hated it. That's why I asked to be traded, because I had a no-move club. But I asked to be traded because I wanted to put on a team that at least guys cared, and we had a chance to win, to go to the playoff, because playoff is the best part of hockey. So that's why, um, you know, when that happened, uh, you know, I, uh, I had a choice to pick at the end. Uh, I narrowed it down between Calgary and uh, and Pittsburgh, and because of the battle of Alberta that I've been part for so many years, uh, and because I love Edmonton so much, you can't, if you love Edmonton, play for the Calgary vi- rival back then. Today, there's no more rivalry, so it's not the same. But back then, there was. And to me, it would be a big insult to the city of Edmonton that I love so much. If I went to play in Calgary and start fighting against guys that were in Edmonton, no way I was going to do that. So, so do you think it's different for a guy like Derek Ryan, who's not a fighter? He's a third-line center. He's at the end of his career. He wants to go to a place where it has the best chance to win, and there's an organization that's interested in him. So do you think it made it was an easy – he's being offered a two-year deal by Edmonton, a one-year deal by Calgary. Is that an easier decision for a guy to make than maybe the one you had? But that's not the same thing because, you know, a guy like that, you know, you go with the options that you have, right? So if it's yeah. the only option that you have, this is understandable and people know that. But me back then, uh, you know, I, I, I was like, I had to pick and I could have went wherever I wanted and had lots of choices. It's not like if I went to Calgary, I'd say it was the only choice that I had. It wasn't. So that's why at that time it was to- totally different because the reputation that I had in the league with the job of what I was doing, I had way more teams that I could have gone to. But again, when you have a no-move clause, teams give you certain teams that you say, no, never, I would never go there. And there's some teams that I was more open to. And again, when you look at Pittsburgh, just the chance to play with, you know, at the time, the best two centermen in the NHL with Crosby and Malkin, which today is Rysado McDavid. It was awesome to have a chance to go there and maybe win the cup. And, you know, we, we lost... Uh, in the Stanley Cup final against Detroit, and I'll never forget that. Um, after that, after that year, we lost in six against Detroit. Um, my contract was up, and again, I had a choice of 12 teams that I could have signed to. And uh, Crosby went up to me and he, and he said, "George, I swear to you, if you sign, if you sign with us, within three years, we're going to win the cup." And uh, I signed in Montreal because uh, <laughs> because because uh, your family, right? Yeah, but, no, but listen to this. Pittsburgh, because of the salary cap with Jordan Stahl, Crosby, Malkin, Fleury, Latan, all these guys, they were locked up so much that the team, uh, they wanted to give me a three-year deal, but only 900000 a year because they were strapped for cap. And, and when right. I was talking to Rishio at the time, he was like, George, I need your decision quick because, you know, I got to find a replacement. And the replacement was Goddard uh, at 750 that they got if I wasn't going to be there. But again, uh, Nashville and, and so many other teams, including Montreal, they would give me like one one 1.5 and up. Like I was getting between 1.5 and 1.6. But what we have to realize 
And it's not like I make ten million a year and make a pay cut to eight million. One point five to nine hundred thousand to me is a lot of money, considering the fact that I could get punched one time and my career is done. Because I never know um, how many games I'm gonna play. Each fight I put my life in danger. So obviously I I went with you know, I, I went with all the other options that I could have gone, which Edmonton was in there, they were giving me the money, Nashville, Montreal, so many teams. And I end up taking Montreal because, you know, my mom the, the that was begging me to play there because she she, she was getting tired of watching the game starting at 10 o'clock at night because of the time difference. So I picked uh, Montreal and then the year after Crosby wins the cup. So it goes to tell you how this guy, uh, you know, he's so driven and to him, his ultimate goal uh, was to win the cup and he did it for him. He did it for Mario Lemieux. He did it for Pittsburgh. And it's crazy because if you look a couple of years back, if Pittsburgh don't draft don't win the draft and get Crosby, maybe the team is not even in Pittsburgh anymore because they were so deep in trouble financially. So it's amazing how sometimes little things happen and it changed the course of history. George, the Oilers are a much deeper team than they've had in the past. Paul Yarvey is a completely different player than what people thought when he came into training camp last January. He's now a, you know, he's gone from being a complimentary player to being an impact player. Hyman changes the complexion of their top six, but they haven't played real well yet. They've just played okay, but they've won all three games. Uh, I know you keep an eye on the Oilers. What are you seeing? I watch all the games from the Oilers. As I told you before, I love the addition of Zach Hyman. And I was so happy that when Pugliavi came back from Finland, he's a different player that, uh, you know, that, that he was before. He got a wake-up call when he saw that and he decided to be an NHL player. And he has the skill to be one. Um, now we saw that the goalie Smith is hurt. And, and, and again, uh, it is normal that a goalie that, that a much older injuries will happen quite more often because of his age. Sure. But the only thing, again, that needs to be addressed, and I'm going to say it every time we're going to talk about it, is the goaltending situation. Because even, like there's so much talent with the others that without question every year they're going to make the playoffs. That, to me, is no question. But the others need not just to make the playoffs, they need to win the cup. The nuclear weapon they have with Crosby and McDavid, it kind of reminds me of obviously Patrick Kane and and, uh, and Jonathan Tate. They won three cups because all oh, those two guys, the team was built around them. And if you look at Crosby and Malkin, same thing. Now, in today's era, is McDavid and Dry Saddle. But now we know that it doesn't matter that you have the greatest player, like the best player in the world right now. Right now, if you don't have a goalie come playoff time, it's going to hurt your team. And I know it's easier thing said than done to get a goalie like this. I know the team worked so hard to get um, the goalie that was in Vancouver that Calgary won. Markstrom, you take Markstrom. Yeah, exactly. And Markstrom, things hasn't done so well in Calgary anyway. But, you know, I, I think, uh, Bob, uh, as much as I would love the others to win a Stanley Cup every year, unless they uh, solve the goaltending situation, I don't think that they can win with those two goalies, with Koskinen and, and, and Smith. Smith is an unbelievable guy. He comes in shape. It's unreal with the age that he has. But again, uh, the goal is to win the cup. If they win the cup, goaltending, you saw last year in uh, the four teams that were reminding, they were all Vezina goalies. Like, the goalie is so important. Look at Tampa with all the skills they have. 
they have now the best goal in the NHL in Vasilevsky. And, you know, th- th- what that does is that team don't have to be too so much access on defense. They could go score because they're goalie that could make the save. So that's why I do think that the others are so close. Now with the wingers, Ironman and Fully RV, it's great, but they still need a goalie, Bob. George, uh, you are singing to the choir for 95% of the fan base, and Smith and Koskinen will be the goaltending tandem at least for a percentage of this season. And let's remember, they've got a number one. They've got uh, three first. Xavier Borgo is playing in Shawinigan. He scored the game winner last night. He's got six goals and 12 points uh, in seven games this year. He's an outside chance to make Team Canada. Broberg's percolating down on the minors. Holloway's going to play the second half. So they got three first-round picks that aren't on their NHL team. So they got prospect depth. We'll see if they end up moving a first-rounder for a goaltender. Speaking of goalie and the importance of goalie, is the absence of Carey Price, has that changed the complexion and the confidence level of the Canadians' forwards? Or is this Price, Weber, uh, and Philip Deneau all being gone, strength down the middle, and uh, being a game-changer for the Montreal Canadiens out of the game? Are you concerned in Montreal about the Canadians or the fans concerned? Oh, no, everybody's concerned. Listen, to the fourth game of the season, there was only 16,000 people in the stand. You're talking about a, a stadium that could have 21,000 people. 5,000 people didn't show up. And people are, like, so upset because they were expecting so much from a team that made it to the Stanley Cup final. But, you know, Weber, the fact that he's not that hurt. Edmondson, the fact that he's that, that not that hurt. Uh, the fact that also the, the, the ref are get, uh, calling stricter penalties. So... Because of that, uh, Cherat is not playing as physical, so that hurt. Uh, Romanov, last year when he didn't play in the playoff, his confidence is hurt. He's not playing good because his confidence is shattered. That hurts the team. Dano is the best, like, fifth in the Selkie, like, voting. So there's nobody that could play defensive minutes like he can't to shut down, like, offensive lines. So Dano is hurting. There's no true number one on that team. Suzuki has a slow start. Caulfield looks like a guy that should be back in the minors. Man, without Price, it's tough because nobody was expecting Price like to go in the program, and he was one of the big leaders that was so important for the team. Because now, without Price and with a D-man that are not so good, the system of Deshars has to rely so much defensively to have the D and the goalie that they're not scoring three goals in the last four games. It does not make sense. And now people are really panicking about what's going on. They are not happy. They're frustrated. And it looks like it's going to be a really long year in Montreal. Uh, what about Mark Bergevin? His contract is up. Uh, is it possible uh, that he doesn't get re-signed? I mean, he got his team to the Stanley Cup final last year and was voted executive of the year. You know, it, this right now is one of the big mystery that are there in Montreal. Uh, it's a big distraction. And no one, a lot of people don't understand how come Jeff Moses has not extended him yet. Because Montreal, when they, uh, when they uh, did it, when they talk about Price, uh, when he was going to go to the program in the beginning of the season, they did a quick announcement before that, that, you know, almost went under the radar. They said that they were going to address Bergevin's uh, contract at the end of the season. So obviously, you're saying pretty much that he won't be back and, and you're ready to move without him. But 
the thing is is that Montreal right now, um, you know, with everything Bergeron has done, with the pressure that there is to be in Montreal, um, I don't know if they could get somebody that could do a better job that he has done with this team. Because now, if you're going to replace Bergeron, well, when are you going to do it? Because if you want to get a new guy, you got to get him here before the draft. If Bergeron stays here and you want him done at the end of the season, what kind of moves can he do? Because, again, uh, if you're going to make moves, how is going to do make how is going to be able to make move beyond one year so that's why it's so complicated there's even rumors that uh, Molson wants to sell the team because the team is is worth 1.5 billion and if they want to do that you don't want to sign a gm and you want to let the guy that buys the team to pick his own gm and also that's why you wanted to extend suzuki because of the fact that Bergeron is not uh, doesn't have an extension there were so many rumors that are all over the place regarding that. It is a distraction to the dressing room. And with the fact that the team is not winning, it goes as bad, Bob, as saying that people are even thinking that if they fire the GM, the team's going to start winning. But it's much more than that. So Montreal is in a tough position right now. They're playing Carolina, which is a really good team. They have a big chance of starting the season 0-5 and already People are booing and the season is just starting. Man, it's not fun. Compared to last year, it's a total, like, 260-degree situation. 180-degree. George, one final one for you. I don't know if you saw it. I I don't know if you watch, go to hockeyfights.com or anything, but Jamie Benn, the captain of the Dallas Stars, went toe-to-toe with Josh Brown from Ottawa. And Josh Brown's a tough kid. He can chuck him. And Jamie Brown, Jamie Ben, Jamie Ben might not be the scoring leader anymore in the NHL like he was that one year, but he's still a star player. And he stood back and he cross grabbed him and got some lefts in on Brown. And Brown can take a punch. That's all I'm going to say because Ben landed some bombs. When you played, did you have admiration for the guys that were really good players that sometimes would just do it themselves and not sit there and look down on the bench and sort of nod at the team's enforcer? Just go out there and grab a guy on the other team and and let him have it? Because Ben got Dallas going, and Ottawa ultimately won the game, but Ben sent a a clear message to his teammates. Look what Iginla did in the opening faceoff and the Stanley Cup Finals against the, the Tampa Bay. I know it was Le Cavalier, but Iginla is mixed it up with many different guys, and he was a star player. What's admirable when you're a tough guy is that when you have skilled guys that sometimes to create room for themselves, they'll drop the glove themselves. It shows you that, you know, it's not, it, it, this is not about, about me or anything else. It's about them. It's about them showing things that, you know what? I'm not always going to rely on the other tough guy to protect me. Sometimes I'm going to make my own move for myself, and it comes with respect when you do that because you see that and you're like, you know, this guy is really a gamer, and sometimes, you know, you'll mix it up because to show everyone that he's not afraid and he doesn't need people to do their dirty job for him once in a while. And I've always respected that because fighting is tough. It's hard to do. And, you know, when I fight, you know, when I, in my career, in average, I play nine minutes a game. Those guys, they play 20 minutes a game, 20 hard minutes. Fighting takes so much a toll on your body that on top of the fight that they fight, they have to help your team win. You have to put 20 minutes on top of a five minutes that is so hard on your body. So I always respect the guys that, that, that did the job that fought 
but I've always admired guys that weren't there for that, but once in a while uh, that did mix it up when they had enough. George, love having you on our show. You take care. We'll touch base within the next couple of weeks, okay? Anytime, brother. There you go. That is Edmonton sporting icon George LaRock. It is currently 124 in Edmonton. You can always text us on our Ashley Fine Floors text line. Get the new floors you've always wanted with Ashley Fine Floors, 143rd Street, 111th Avenue, or open Monday to Saturday. You can tweet us at Oilers Now. Tweet me personally, Bob underscore Stoffer. Tweet Brendan Escott. He's a big part of the show at Brendan with two E's, Escott with two T's. When we come back, we'll get to our Oilers Now prospect report for Scott Arthur Millwork. It is 125 at Edmonton, and you're listening to Oilers Now. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you. Brendan, you saw that fight between uh, Jamie Benn and Josh Brown? Yeah, I was old school, you know, by my standards, certainly. Uh, so you just don't see them stand back and, and chuck it like that. But for a guy like Jamie Benn, one of the last guys not to wear a visor here, he's he's hard to believe that we're at a spot where he's uh, an old school player in that sense, isn't it? 15 players left in the league that don't wear visors. Your Oilers Now Prospect Report is brought to you by Scott Arthur Millwork. Custom cabinetry, luxury closets, exceptional millwork. Visit scottarthurmillwork.com. Calm today, Sean on the staff at Scott Arthur Millwork. What do you got there, Brendan? Well, the Winnipeg Ice are 8-0 and on the WHL season, Yikes. boasting a roster of high Bantam draft picks that are exploding offensively at the same time. Two in particular, St. Albert product, Matthew Savoy. It is the younger brother of Carter. He leads all draft-eligible Canadian skaters with 13 points in eight games. His teammate, Connor Geeky, next in line in that category, eight points in those eight games. The Oil Kings, uh, as as a result, are no longer the top-ranked team in the CHL Top 20. That's the ISIS spot in second. Oil Kings have fallen down to fourth there. And uh, projected number one overall pick, Shane Wright. Uh, it's his draft by the um, scouting, scouting standards, I guess. And uh, he, over a point per game for Kingston, Bob, six in five games. Well, I'd love to have him here in Arizona, that's for sure. George LaRock coming up along with Craig Morgan, a longtime uh, beat writer in this Arizona marketplace. Uh, that's still to come in the next half hour of orders now. Need to tell you, cars cost less in Wetaskiwin. But did you know Brent Ridge Ford and Wetaskiwin are 10-time President's Award winners for customer satisfaction? What does that mean? It means treating people fairly, fully transparent negotiations, making sure advertised prices include all the accessories with fees and taxes. If those attributes are important to you, phone our friends Uncle Milt, Rich, Johnny, and the gang at one 877 or visit BrentRidge.com. 129 in Edmonton, 2, a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell, and back with Louis DeBrusque. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.